with everything that's within you, and then we're going to see some good things begin to come forth as he touches our lives. Amen. It's a, it's a good day. Word tells us this is the day the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it no matter what you say, no matter what the devil says. Amen. I'm going to go into, into the book of Luke in chapter 8, if you can get your Bibles open, and uh, we're going to begin to talk uh, here from, from this aspect. And um, there's a lot that's in this passage, a lot that's in chapter 8 that's going on, a lot of motion, a lot of things that are being taught just by example through Christ's life. And as a result of it, we're going to find ourselves in a place today where that we see that the enemy started on our life at an early age to try to stop us from being what God has called us to be and to do what God's called us to do. So if you've gone through some things, if you've been uh, uh, attacked by the enemy, just even, you know, he, he's no respect of persons and, and he's no respect of age. He'll attack at whatever age he needs to attack at to prevent you from getting to where you need to be. Amen? Now, in, in, in this story here in Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 22, we find, in, and now it came to pass on a certain day that they went into the sh to a ship uh, with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as, as they sailed... He fell asleep, talking about Christ. He fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and said, and awoke him, and saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased, and there was a calm. I'm going to tell you, just to be in that moment, to experience what was going on had to be a phenomenal moment. And he, and he said unto them, where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? For, for he uh, that commandeth even the winds and the waters, that they obey him. That goes on in, in the story and begins to talk about where they were going to, they were going to the shores of Gadarean, where the Gadareans were. And if you begin to look at, at, the, at where, where it was located at, you find that it was, a, it was a city, one city, of a providence of ten. And so Jesus is now leaving one shoreline, going to another shoreline on the other side of the lake. And uh, as a result of it, a man comes out of a tomb comes out of a cave, and he is, I mean, just uh, a mess if you looked at him. He was uh, uh, an individual that cut himself in the tombs. He, he, he tortured himself. He, he, he did things to the point where that even the city was afraid, uh, and they went in at night not coming out because of this man wailing in the middle of the night that brought fear into that city. And so as soon as they hit the shores of of Gadaria, they, then all of a sudden this man that's demon-possessed comes out of the cave and approaches Christ and falls down on his knees before him and says, Thou Son of God. 
Now, this is interesting here because up until this point, even the disciples don't really know who Jesus really is. They're just traveling with him. They're just going, they're hearing his teaching. They're hearing all these things, and, and, and they're calling him rabbi. They're calling him teacher. They call him, but they don't even realize, in my perspective of what I'm reading here, that he is even the son of God. But yet this demonized man comes out, bows down before him, and declares, thou son of God. And it's interesting how that the recognition of who Jesus is is recognized throughout the spirit realm. You know, Paul was dealing with some, some issues and, and, and uh, different ones were casting out devils. And, and, and when the seven sons of Sceva came to cast out some devils, they said, they said, Paul we know, Jesus we know, but who are you? In other words, they didn't understand the authority and they didn't walk in that authority because they didn't have the relationship with Christ that they needed to have. But the ones that were walking in authority... Demons knew who they were. They knew them by name. This is an interesting story because you find where that, that there are shepherds, if you will, but, but they're really not sheep shepherds. They're goat herders. They're, they're pig herders. And here they are tending to pigs. Man comes out of the place and Jesus casts out the devil or the devil's out because it, uh, Jesus says, who are you? And they say, We're, we are many, to the point that they were nameless, but they were, they were labeled as being legions. So there were multiple spirits that were in this man, and, and Jesus deals with them, casts them out, and the devils come to him, and they say to him, don't torment us. Have you come here to torment? It's not our time yet. And they're now negotiating. They're saying, let's make a deal. They said, we don't mind giving up this man, but don't throw us out of this territory. And Jesus, Jesus cast them out, and they went into a, a herd of pigs, a herd of swine. The pigs begin to run. They run to a, a cliff, and they jump. <laughs> These pigs are just running off. And, you know, it, it's almost comical in one way because as humans, there's a lot of things that we tolerate that we don't need to be tolerating. A lot of things we allow into our life that do not need to be in our life. And these pigs had more sense than people have. You know, they, they don't want to live with these demons in them, so they're running off the, off the, off the cliff. It, it's, it, to me, that's, that's kind of uh, how I think in some ways. You know, I'm like, why are these pigs not tolerating this? And humans tolerate some of it. I think... I think sometimes the enemy comes into our life at an early age to bring some kind of torment to us that we deal with the rest of our life. Things that happen in our life, whether we're rejected by parents, whether we're rejected by a spouse, where whatever might has taken place in our life is some that have been molested as a child or, or various different things that have come forth in their life. And it seems as though that sticks with them the rest of their life. And they're having to deal with that in everything that they're doing. They, they can get in a crowd and begin to smile and begin to laugh and have a wonderful time, but deep down inside, they're still dealing with the issues that have taken place at an early age in their life. It might not be an early age. It might be uh, latter, in latter parts of the years in their life, but still, the enemy knows exactly what to do to destroy our future. 
Here's this man. He's in the caves. He's in the tombs. He's cutting himself. He's screaming out in the middle of the night. He has no future. He has no area where that prosperity would come his way because of the condition that he's in. So he, he in himself is actually destroying his future and his prosperity by tolerating the things that are coming into his life or that have been in his life. We, we don't know the story of what got this man in this condition or, or what took place in his life, but we find him in a cave. I don't know if, if we can just sit here and deal with the pain that this man was going through that was preventing him from being what he was called to be and what he was called to do. Jesus on the other side of the lake tells his disciples, hey, let's get in the boat. Let's, let's just take a ride. Let's go on, a, on a, a cruise here. And so they're in the boat. Jesus gets down and he, he goes to sleep. He's exhausted. They're, they're, they're shoved off. They're sailing to the other side. And all of a sudden they hit a storm. A storm comes in. Waves are coming in. The wind's blowing. The boat's being tossed back and forth. I don't know if you've ever been in a bad storm and water's getting in your boat. Water's coming in. They don't know. And they're losing hope for their future. And they come to Christ and they say, Master, we're in trouble. Jesus wakes up. Now, this is interesting here. He's, he's, he's dead asleep. He's not dead. It's just a phrase. He's, he's fast asleep. And when he awakens, he speaks to the wind, speaks to the waves. It's interesting how that Christ, how he deals with storms. How, how we deal with storms and how he was dealing with storms. But yet the word tells us, let this mind be in you that's also in Christ Jesus. Greater things shall ye do than what he did. Man, when we start looking at that aspect of it and then look at how we deal with things, man, it's in two different spectrums. But when we start dealing with things with the authority that Christ has given to us, and deal with our storms, speak to our storms, rebuke the storms, the storms are going to calm in our life. So here's Jesus coming out, and he speaks to the storm. There's a demonstration in everything he does, in what he's teaching and what he's doing. You know, it's, it's one thing to learn from a book. It's another thing to learn from somebody showing you. And Jesus is showing these men what to do. We're sitting here reading the story and it's painting a picture so we can actually begin to see what's going on so that we can pick up the message here of what's going, what's going coming forward from Christ and he's telling us, hey, when you deal with your storms, rebuke it. Rebuke your storm, speak peace to it, calm the storms in your life. You don't have to tolerate that. You don't have to put up with it. Speak to it and it's going to cease. There's so much in this story, so much that we can glean from this thing here. Here he is in this boat, and a storm's coming. A storm hits them. Now, it's interesting to me that before they hit the shores of Gadarene, then the storm hits them. So possibility that these demon spirits that have that territory all locked up are now coming against this boat of the potential apostles that are that are being groomed but hadn't got there yet they don't really even know who they're with they're with the Christ but they really don't understand the magnitude 
of what, what they have within their possession and how they could learn so much if they would just understand who he is. Man, have you ever been around somebody and then they're taken out of your life and you're saying, wow, I wish that I would have just taken time just to take a picture of me with them. I wish I would have just taken time just to sit down and, 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 and speak and ask questions and, and pick their mind on, on where they are. How did you get to where you are? How did you do what you're doing? How, how did you get to be what you are? Many times we come up short because we don't recognize whose presence we're in. Mm. Man, there's a lot of regrets that we can have in a life that, that if we're not paying attention to what's going on, we can miss out or we can still learn, but it takes us a whole lot longer to get there. Here's Jesus. He stands up. He looks, looks about he says, where's your faith? What happened to your faith? What's going on? Why, why didn't you just speak? Why didn't you just deal with the problem? He stands up. He speaks to the wind, speaks to the waves. Everything's calm, and they now move on to the other side. As soon as they hit the shoreline, this demon-possessed man comes out. I think it's interesting. Why didn't the city council come? Why didn't the governors come? Why, why is it? The least of what we would think of all came to meet them at the shores. Could it be more than just a geographical place? Could it be more than just a person that he's dealing with? This is an interesting thought. In this scripture, they just came from dealing with the Jews. Jesus begins to speak sometimes in his word, and he says, I've come to the Jew first, then to the Gentiles. Jesus just deals with the, the Jews. He deals with that culture, and he gets in the boat and says, let's go to the other side. Where are they going? What other side? They're going to a different territory, different territory. And, it, and no orthodox Jew would ever be raising pigs. So this had to be Gentile territory. So now he's coming from a place of the Jews. He just ministered to the Jewish territory. And now he's coming to take territory of the Gentiles. He's crossing over. So this is more than just a, a, a geographic. It could be that he's now dealing with cultures. He's dealing with types of people. He's dealing with different ethnic groups. He's dealing with all these things all at one time, but yet at the same time teaching his disciples how to deal with demonic forces. He comes to the shoreline and legions come and meet him. We know it as a man that, that was chained. We know it, it tells in scripture that they, they captured the man. They bound him with iron. They bound him with fetters. They put chains upon him and he had such strength as a result of the demon spirits that was in him that he broke the chains, he broke the fetters of iron and he escaped their captivity. Man. What are they dealing with here? Jesus is now coming in and he's dealing with a region that has territorial spirits that are now come to keep him from entering into that place and it sent a storm to stop him, but the storm didn't stop him and now they're meeting him at the shoreline and they're bowing down at his presence and saying to him, have you come to torment us? It's not our time yet. 
Jesus says, who are you? I said, we're many. <laughs> we're in the category of legions. All these spirits are occupying this one man. Jesus cast these devils out. They go into the pigs. The pigs run off of the cliff and drown themselves into the water. And now all of the people that were hurting the pigs go into the city and tell the city what was going on. Uh, let's look at just, just for a minute. Look at, look at verse uh, 33. It says, and, and, uh, and went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place and uh, into a lake and were choked. When they fed them, they that fed them saw what was done, and they fled and went and told in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what was done. And came Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They also, which saw, which saw it, told them that what means that the possessed was of the devils was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadareans round about besought him to depart from them. Can you imagine this? Man, it doesn't make sense to me. You got a man that's, that's possessed, wailing at night, running around naked, they, they try to capture him. He, they break the, he breaks the chain. And now they find him in his right mind, clothed and sitting at the feet of Jesus. And they're wanting to tell Jesus, get out of here. To me, it doesn't make sense. They should be celebrating what Jesus just did. He just set them free from spirits over that territory so they can enter into a different dimension of life. But they chose to stay in the same place. It's interesting how we get so used to a certain condition in our life that we tolerate things that we don't need to be tolerating. We hear things that reprograms our mind and we get used to what they're telling us and we just take it. It's interesting, even in the times that we're living in today. It says in verse, verse 35, and they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man of whom the devils were departed sitting at the feet of Jesus clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid. What were they afraid of now? They're afraid of one that has power over demons? I don't know. They're afraid of the event that took place? They're afraid that they lost all of their money that went down and drowned itself into the water? I think there's a lot of conflict that's going on. I think that, that they're looking more about themselves financially than they are looking about themselves spiritually. There's nothing wrong with finances. There's nothing wrong with money. We need money to pay light bills. We need money to pay the water bills. We need money to, to buy groceries to put on the table. There's nothing wrong with having money. But don't let money have you. You see... In here, I believe that there was such conflict in that community, in that city. But why did Jesus select this area? It was an influential area over ten providences. 
Jesus understood this. He knew that. And he knew that if he hit to that area and he made an impact in that area, that it would filter into all ten providences of that region. He was very selective with what he did. He was very wise in how, what, how he handled it and who he presented himself to. Verse 36, 38, 36, 37, 38, anyway. They also which saw it told, told them that what, but what means the possessed was, of the devils was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes round about besought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear. I guess they'd never seen anything like this before. I guess people can get so used to their religion that when the power of God begins to move, it causes them to have such fear in their life because they don't understand spiritual things. Wow. This is why I say it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. We need a relationship with Jesus Christ to enter in, to understand the power that he has, that he has afforded to us to walk in. Jesus says to the disciples in the early part of that chapter, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Why did you wake me up? You could have done that. In that one statement, this is what he's saying. Where is your faith? You could have done this. He doesn't say that, but I think in that one statement, he's saying it all. You know, there's some things that, that are said that go a whole lot deeper than just the phrase. Where is your faith? Why wake me up? Why get me involved in what you could have handled? It's interesting to me how that, that when you have an intercessory prayer group that, that people, and, and there's nothing wrong with this to, to one af, uh, aspect, but then to another aspect, it becomes a, a crime. <laughs> you find somebody that knows how to pray, find somebody that knows how to get a hold of God, and we've been under teaching, we've been under, under the Word of God, but yet we want to call upon the intercessors to do what we can do and tear down demonic forces or strongholds that are there. Now, 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 don't get me wrong. That's why you have intercessory prayer groups to join with you, but they don't need to be doing all the work for you. Jesus says to his group, where's your faith? Why don't you deal with it? You gotta go, I could have got another hour sleep here. <laughs> Verse 38. Now the men out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to thine own house and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. Wow. In this moment, <laughs> the devil tried his best to stop this one man from being what God had called him to be from the beginning. We don't know what all was put on this man, but we do know it led him to a place that he was filled with legions of devils. I want to say this. A lot of people, a lot of people look at Scripture and say that Christians need deliverance. My 
response to that is what is your definition of a Christian? We deal with semantics with a lot of things. Never in the New Testament do you ever find a believer having a devil cast out of them or are there teachings from Paul that talks about how to deliver people from devils that are believers. Not in there. If it is, show me. I haven't found it yet. My point here is, this is a man that didn't know Christ. Those devils were the ones that was crying out the new Christ. And they're saying, what are you here to do? It's not our time. They, knew, they know that they have a time that they're going to be tortured and thrown into the pit. And they're saying, it's not our time yet. What have you come to torment us? It's not our time yet. <laughs> Jesus cast those devils out. Territorial devils. You see, they were, not, they were not worried about the man. They were there for the territory. And if they can occupy the territory, then it's not just one man, but it is a generation. It's the whole neighborhood. It's the whole city. Am I making sense what I'm saying? So, so they're negotiating with him. With him. Don't, 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 don't torment us. It's not our time. Let us go into those pigs. It wasn't about the man. They, they, they had pleasure in watching this man torment himself because of what was in him. Cutting himself. Getting up in the morning, I can't do this, I can't do that. Not believing in himself, not believing he had any authority or any power. And yet Jesus comes and sets him free and sends him into the mission that God had anointed him for from the foundation of the world. He wanted to go with Jesus, but Jesus says, no, you go into your own house and you broadcast what, what has taken place. We don't know much about this man's ministry at that point, except he did make a big impact in the communities. That was the beginning of the Gentiles receiving Christ. They saw a great demonstration. They saw a man that was in pain, a man that, that labored with his pain and he struggled with it and opened up doors that it got worse and worse in his life. But Jesus, it's fascinating what Jesus does. It's fascinating how he comes in and strategically deals with a man's life and sets him free. I don't know. I think every one of us in here at some point in our life, either at early age or throughout our life, there have been things that the enemy has brought into our life that has brought pain. Now, I'm not saying that people are possessed, but what I am saying is that pain can consume us. You know, I woke up this morning, I told Bev, I said, man, I, I, I'm, I'm about ready to bring my saddle back into church and the bridle and preach another message on the saddle. That's as far as I'm going to go with that. I'm going to change this thing around here. But the enemy comes in and he provokes things in our life. He presents things. He, 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 he brings things in our life that brings pain. And if we don't deal with the pain in our life, 
It, pain causes us not to be able to think very well. We can't make good decisions when we're in the middle of pain. If you're hurting in your body and somebody says, hey, I've got a, I've got a million dollar question for you. I'm not in any mood to answer a million dollar question right now to change the course of my life. I'm, not, I'm in too much pain to give you a good answer. Pain. Whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether, whether it's spiritual, you can't make good decisions. So we make bad decisions in the middle of pain. Jesus come and set him free from his pain. He come and set him free from his tormentors so that he wouldn't have to deal with pain any longer. I think all of us at times, because of things that have happened in our life, pain lingers too long. Hurts linger too long. And the devil knows that if he could keep that pain going, uh, it could be anything. You, you, you know, you fill in the blank where, where you're dealing with pain because you can, you can smile and have it all together in front of people, but behind closed doors is where you're really dealing with pain. I'm, I'm talking about you could be in the middle of a crowd and be so hurting inside, but having the facade on the outside smiling. Pain goes with you wherever you go. Jesus wants to deliver us from the pain that life has brought to us. You say, well, wait, life brought it to me. Well, the enemy brought it to you to destroy your life at an early age. Because if, if you were ever to understand Scripture... And ever to understand the power of God that he's invested in you, then you and I would eliminate pain from us and, and not give it another thought. We would move on in what God has for us. And when the storm comes up, when the waves begin to, to rage against and we feel like everything in our life is now sinking because of outside issues, when we understand our authority, we understand what God has invested in us. We now get up and begin to speak to the storms that the storm has no effect on us and will not bring us any more pain. You see, I think today in our world, our Christian world, if you will, we haven't studied the word enough to understand our authority. We might have read the scriptures, but we haven't taken it personal that this word is actually speaking to me and talking about me. Therefore, when a storm comes up, I don't understand the authority that I have and don't believe that I have authority because I got previous pains in my life that's preventing me from believing what God says about me. But if I was ever to get to a place, and the enemy knows that if you ever get to a place where you understand your authority, and understand the power that's within you. This is interesting. Hospital stories. You hear people talking about someone, a loved one that was passing away. The doctor says it's just moments, they'll be gone. And they hold on for a week until that child from out of town can get there to see him. And once that they see him, they now release themselves. How powerful is our will? How, pow how powerful is the soul that God created in you to defy death until you release yourself? 
How powerful is the soul that children gather around and they don't want to release mom. They don't want to release dad. So they hold on to mom and dad and mom and dad is, 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 is being held up from going into eternity because the children are holding on. But once the children come into agreement and they say, you know what, we need to release mom, we need to release dad, it's moments after that that they leave. How powerful is the soul? If our soul is that powerful that we defy death in moments, then when storms come in our life, understanding the power of God and the mind of Christ that we can have in us, we can start speaking to the storms and defying those things that are coming, trying to bring more pain in our life and begin to speak peace to those things and rebuke the enemy that's bringing that so no more pain. How do I deal with previous pains? Allow the word of God to heal me. The word of God says it's by his stripes. He shed blood and bore stripes upon his body for you to be healed. Wow. We can, we can receive that with the same faith that we receive our salvation. In fact, Part of your salvation is your healing from pain. How can he heal me from that? He doesn't know what I went through. He knows everything he went through. The word says that he was like unto us and took on him everything that we would ever encounter. So he is the example that he was the sacrifice that was made for you and for me, that we don't have to walk in pain. I don't have to walk with all the issues that have taken place, all the rejections that have come in life. Mom and dad left. I had left. I had to live with someone else. And issues that are taking place as a result of neglect or whatever it is that we conjure up in our mind. The word tells us about our imagination. It tells us that Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Here's where the problem is. We don't have much knowledge of God, so we're not studying the Word to show ourselves approved. It's in the Word of God that brings us the freedom and peace to break the pain over our life. It's the knowledge, the understanding. The Word says, my people are destroyed. Another translation said, my people suffer for the lack of knowledge. It's not, it's, 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 it's not someone to come and lay hands on me, although that's great and that's wonderful. It's in the knowledge that I have that keeps that peace and keeps that joy that I receive in a service. It keeps me free from the pain. So it's, it, 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 there's a point in my life where that in, in our life where I have to start studying the word so that I can grow in him. So that no matter what storm comes my way, I can rebuke it and I have the power to destroy that storm that's trying to destroy me. So my challenge for us today, not just to get into the Word, that's, that's the main challenge. Get into the Word, study, learn, grow as much as you can, get into services, be taught. But to begin to understand who you are in Christ. Jesus Christ has come to the shores of your life to bring deliverance and bring healing. 
Don't hold on to your pain. Turn it loose because God has ordained a purpose in your life from the foundation of this world. The enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You have an influence over people if you just get beyond your pain. There's a lot of people that you can touch for the kingdom of God if you can get beyond your pain. There's a lot of people that you can change their life when you get beyond yourself. Let God work in your life. Let him deal with areas that maybe you don't want to be dealt with. Let him deal with it. Those that are watching, I challenge you to let God work in your life. Get into the word of God. Get in a church that teaches the word and begin to grow in him to become what God's called you to be in these times that we're living in. In the times that we're living in, God's looking for people to stand up full of faith and full of power. We're going to see some demonstrations of God's power in the earth. The Bible tells us that signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. I believe in going to church, but do you believe what the Word of God says about you? I believe what God's Word says about me. For those of you watching, we'll see you again soon. We love you, appreciate you. If you want to be a part of us, you can go to Louisiana, uh, what is it, praisechurchoflouisiana.com, and uh, we have archives there, and you can also be a contributor to the ministry here. We appreciate it. Love you.